Kevin Wagar, you are one quarter of the foursome that make up the Wandering Waggers. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today on the Fact Up podcast, good sir. I am so happy to be here, man. When you told me I, I would have a chance to chat with you, I was over the moon. Uh, the pleasure is on this side of the Zoom call, my friend. Uh, it was, it's a pleasure to have you on. And, and uh, you, know, you and your wife, Christina, run a site uh, called the Wandering Waggers. Did I say that right? Please correct you me. You got it. Nailed it. Uh, dot com, not dot ca, dot com since 2015. Dot com, right. Although if you go to either one, it'll work. Perfect. For those who don't know, what aspect of travel is the site dedicated to? Why is it a big deal? And don't be modest. We, st <laughs> it's a, we got started the same way a lot of people get started when they start writing a travel blog, which is we wanted to share pictures with mostly our parents. And, uh, right. Right. and uh, so, you know, we were, we were doing some interesting travel through Jordan and, and South America and a few other countries and uh, that aren't typically associated with traveling with young kids. And uh, I think because of that, we started getting a lot of attention from people who were interested in that kind of travel, but weren't necessarily sure, you know, how to do it or whether it was safe or, you know, all those other kind of insecurities that come with being a parent. So I kind of changed the focus of the website from just telling our story to answering some of the questions that people were coming at me with and trying to help other parents who were interested in traveling to adventurous destinations uh, and letting them know that they can do it. It's safe, it's fun, and it's amazing. And because of that, the, the website is just focused around what we consider to be uh, the th our three core values, I guess you would say, around how to plan a trip, which is uh, adventure. So going out there and having an amazing time and trying to do something that kind of shakes off of our comfort zone. Uh, the second is culture. We want to go to a destination. We want to experience the people. We want to experience the nature and the landscape and discover what makes that country such an incredible place to be. Uh, and the three is education. We travel with kids, so we want them to learn about the destinations that we're visiting. And Christina and I want to learn ourselves. Like we want to go to a destination and come away bigger than than we were when we got there. The one part that I take away from your answer is it's one thing for parents to plan a Disney World vacation, but it's quite another to pack up uh, a family of three, four, five, maybe even six and go to a place that is across the world uh, to a destination that there's a bit of trepidation to travel to, including and especially with kids, right? No doubt there's, there's, a, there's a level of, you know, you go to some place like Disney, you know what to expect. Right. You know, you know what food you're gonna get, you know what the people are gonna be like, and you know that it's designed around your kids having a good time. Right. For the same price that you can go to Disney, you could travel to Machu Picchu, or you could travel to Iguazu Falls or Petra Jordan or something like that and have a completely different experience. But the way that I've figured out is that your kids aren't necessarily gonna have a worse time by doing that because like, the trip is about going out and having a good time and being together and experiencing something. And you can go and experience something that everyone else has done, or you could do something that no one has done before that you know of. 
what is the most consistent question that you get from readers who visit your site? You know, does it center around, you know, how do you afford it? Does it center around how to keep the kids entertained? Does it, you know, center around how do you keep your sanity? What's that, what's that one or two questions that you get consistently from readers? The definitely the top two that we see the most are how do you afford it? And is it safe? Right. Uh, and I think that, you know, that goes to parenthood as a whole. I mean, Parenthood, just in general, is an expensive thing. I think, you know, as they say, it costs like a million dollars to raise a kid from zero to 18 or something like that. Right. And, um, and safety is, of course, primary concern for, for any parent, for us as well. And, uh, you know, for the other questions about, you know, safety, language, uh, you know, how do people react to kids and things like that, I think one of the things that we've really done a good job of showing is that when you travel with kids, it's one of the best barrier breakers that you could possibly imagine. Because when you're traveling with children, people, communities come together around you and they, there's this level of, of, you know, it takes a village, you know, that, you know, that term and, people see that. And when you're traveling with a kid, people will come out of the woodwork to help you and to engage with you and to communicate and to, to talk and to learn from you as well. And it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing. I find that, and you know, me, I'm, I have Greek roots. So for us, um, you know, smothering the baby from uh, the moment it's born up until it's 60 <laughs> is, uh, is a very, very popular activity. Um, but you know, you and your wife shared that, that love of travel, uh, exploring the world. Why, why was it and why does it continue to be, obviously, important for you guys to share that love with your children? I, went, I didn't travel before I met Christina. She what were you doing, man? What could you have possibly been doing before you met your wife? Not a lot. <laughs> yeah, not, not, nothing. Like when I look at my life, once from when I started traveling, I, I look at that, that's when I started living. Right. And because before that, I didn't, I didn't live in a way that made it feel to me like a life like that was possible. It seemed really far away. It seemed scary. You know, I dealt with, you know, mental health issues and anxiety and things like that. Yep. And it's travel that really helped to kind of break open that shell and let me see the world from a much broader perspective that I had never imagined possible. And um, it's that awakening that makes me want to share that with my children, seeing the confidence and the, you know, the ability to explore that they have is absolutely mind blowing. Well, when the day comes, and I don't want to put you on the spot, when the day comes when you win a major, major award for your work, um, what are some of the words that you're going to say about your wife's contribution to where you've, where you've come from? Boy, you know what? Her contribution is everything. It's, uh, you know, like I said, she, she introduced me to travel. She helped me get over my issues when I almost gave up on it. Because, uh, you know, I wrote a story for Intrepid Travel a while back about uh, and, and one, of my, our, one of our first trips together, which was down in Arizona, like we did a big Southwest road trip. And, you know, looking at where I've been now, something like driving in a car 
around the Southwest is not something at all anxiety inducing. But back then it was brand new to me. And the idea of being in a situation that was out of my comfort zone and away from where I felt safe uh, was almost paralyzing. And she walked me through it and which was, you know, kudos to her because she didn't have any experience with that kind of thing, with Mm -hmm. that kind of, uh, you know, reaction to travel. Uh, So not only did she work with me to help me get through that, she introduced me to travel and she pushes the destinations. I mean, she is a, I love travel. I love writing about it, but she is a fanatic. And uh, she, yeah, so she is, when her idea of relaxing is planning, you know, 30 day itineraries through Africa and things like that. Like that's how she gets off. And it's incredible to watch. She is an absolute monster when it comes to travel. Well, that's, that's great, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's, uh, we all, we all go through our stages and, and, you know, years uh, of, uh, you know, months, days, years of, of uh, some difficult situations, including, and especially, uh, you know, mental um, and, and it's, it's great to see that, you know, your, your better half has, has, uh, brought you out and, and kind of made you push those boundaries physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, you know, what do you hope your kids learn as a result of, tra- of their travels? And what do you feel you've learned from your kids through travel? Ah, boy. Um, I don't ease um, up on these questions, Kev. I don't ease yeah. up. Yeah. The, what have they learned? I mean, they've learned a lot. Like they've learned how to, that, that the world isn't what they see out their front door. It's a vastly different place from city to city and border to border. You know, when you travel across the border from the United States to Mexico, you know, going say from like San Diego into Tijuana, you see a, a massive shock in the way two countries are run Mm -hmm. and that is the case across a lot of borders you go and you see the way that different people live you know you go to lima peru and you see you know mountain side villages where no one has power or running water or or um you know easy access to food the nearest grocery store is like you know three clicks away and they see that and they start to realize that, you know what, me complaining about not having a second serving of ice cream for dessert, maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's something right. that I should think twice about because you can see, you know, kids that are literally walking into town for a four kilometer walk to school in the morning. And, and, you know, you go into Guarani villages down in, Argentina where there you walk through the villages and you understand that they're still hunting for their food they're, you know the kids will go out and check the traps in the morning and then you know bring back the catch to, so that the village could eat that night and right. the idea of doing your homework becomes a bit of a luxury then and I think that's something that I didn't grow up with because my, you know, my biggest vacation, I think, was to Disney World when I was, you know, when I was a kid. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So it's, it's, and what I learned from them is, is to slow down and to take it all in because 
kids have a way of seeing the world in a way that you and I cannot do. It's, it's simpler and you go to a, a, you know, a village and there's kids there and then no one speaks the same language, but within five minutes they're playing with each other and they're, you know, they're throwing marbles or they're playing tag or, you know, they're, they're racing around and, and, and having a blast and with no, no language at all. Like they don't need language. They just need laughter and fun and having a good time. And that's just such a beautiful thing. What's more challenging, Kev? Leaving Cairo with the fam jam and getting back to Toronto before a pandemic uh, goes around the world and closes borders or teaching your kids math? Math. <laughs> Fa- fascinating you said that about, about the Egypt thing, because that was one year ago today. Today. That, that happened. Amazing. And uh, th- th- that was when we had our panic trip uh, back from Siwa to Cairo and then on to London. But yeah, no, no hands down, math. Math is, math is, the, travel doesn't give me gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> Is it long division? Because I feel like if I do long division now, uh, it's, it's the new math. It's the new math. It makes no sense. How is it new math? I don't know. Numbers What's don't wrong change. What's with the old math? Multiplication tables don't change. <laughs> How is it new math? And I hear that all the time from parents. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand. It's just it, sometimes I cry at night, and I just. <laughs> we'll get to that too in a second. First, this. <laughs> So many people travel, you know, before they have kids and, and, you know, they feel like once they have kids, okay, well, traveling's now going to be far more challenging on a physical level, psychological, emotional, financial. Uh, how do you guys make it happen? What obstacles did you both have to overcome to even, you know, to make it on certain levels? And, and what did you have to do to even entertain the thought of traveling and being able to make it happen as a family? It was never a thought that we wouldn't do it, that it was too hard or it was too anything. It was more a matter of, okay, this is where we're going to go, or this is what we want to do. Let's figure out how we do it. And it's less about saving for travel and more about prioritizing our expenses so that we can travel. And you know, it's very easy to go through life and say, you know, that, you know, Boxing Day comes along and, you know, the 50-inch TV is on sale. I'll buy it because it's cheap. But, you know, my 46-inch TV that I already have is is still pretty good. And it's probably won't die for another 20 years. I like travel more than I like my TV. So I don't buy the TV. You know, we, we drive cars until they die. We, we do, you know, we, we, we balance our budgets around making sure that we can afford to do the things that we love to do. And, you know, everyone loves something and not every, you know, travel isn't everyone's jam, but a lot of people will say, well, we can't afford it, even though they say they love it. Well, if, if you love it, you find a way to make it work, whether it's, whether it's a local destination or an international destination. You can do it as long as you focus your time and energy on it. 
shift your thinking, shift your priorities. Exactly. Right. Uh, COVID hits, uh, travels decimated, uh, everything you do and I do in travel, uh, obliterated, uh, you know, we joke about, uh, elementary school math, but at the end of the day, you know, you're a husband, you're a dad, your wife and yourself providers, um, on a personal note, uh, what's been keeping you up at night over the past year and where have you found the most inspiration? I think the thing that's been keeping me up at night is not knowing what's going to happen next. You know, when is this whole thing going to be over? And I think a lot of people have that question. It's a really, it's a really weird world that we're in right now. And, you know, every time you kind of get a glimpse of freedom, you know, the next week it gets yanked away. And that's, it's, it's a really tough place to be. And, I'm lucky enough that I turned this into a career so I can work from home. My kids have been home and I, I'm able to, to help out with that. And, and that's a really, really privileged situation that I'm in right now to be able to do that. But at the same time, I'm constantly in a situation where I've used this time to push out a lot of work that I had kind of pushed aside, which was, which was a blessing, but at the same time, most of it's not work that I'm getting paid for. It's just stuff that I'm doing because I'm passionate about it and I love it. And I love to tell the stories and encourage people to, to try new things. Well said. I mean, and there are, there are silver linings. And, and I guess my next question is, you know, what opportunities come from this in the travel industry and, and what positives do you take away uh, after all of this and, and what we've all collectively been through? Positives. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of us have had the chance to spend time with the people, you know, in our own households more so than we might've otherwise had time to do in the past. Um, you know, I've spent, I've spent a lot of time playing Minecraft with my kids. <laughs> they love that game. And now they kind of, they, they're like, dad, well, come play with me. And I'm like, well, I got nothing else to do. So sure, I'll come in and I see how much fun they're having. And then I'm having fun. And then next thing we know, it's like 11 o'clock at night. And Christine is yelling at us to go to bed. Christine's <laughs> got three kids at night. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, there's a lot of positives. Like, you know, the, there's people going out and experiencing nature because that's what they can do safely. And there's never in my recollection have has camping and road trips and, and, you know, hiking and snowshoeing and all those things have they ever been more popular than they are right now. And I love to see that. And I hope some of that continues after all this is over and that, you know, as soon as everyone gets their vaccine, people don't just hang up their hiking shoes and then go back to the office and never come out again. So hopefully, fingers are crossed that uh, that we'll we'll see more of that outdoor love uh, continuing on. I hope so too. I, I'm a firm believer that I, it, unfortunately it had to take a pandemic. I feel to uh, make the staycation cool again uh, when we've been overlooking uh, you know so many aspects of it. Some more than others. I mean, I know you you haven't. Um, I certainly haven't. But a lot of people have. Where again, it's it, it might be more appealing to go for a week to Paris, which is no problem. It's great. And, and maybe even less expensive <laughs> than to go from 
Toronto to Vancouver for a week and explore the mountains, which is both amazing and a shame because <laughs> yes. I would far more, you know, like to explore a country without need, you know, need of a passport. But yeah. that's me. Uh, rapid fire, 10 questions with Kevin. You ready? Nothing rapid about it. Take your time. <laughs> Let's do this thing. On a personal level, most inspirational place you've been to and, and what's a place uh, that has been more of a been there, done that, moving on? Most inspirational place was Iceland. Um, I've never been in a, in a place where there was just so much ridiculous natural beauty and it was so different from one section to the other. And you can literally just drive around the country in about a week. So that's pretty incredible. Yeah. What's uh, it? What's overrated? Or, overrated. Or, uh, um, Disney. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, it was fun. It was a blast. I had a really good time. But, uh, you know, with lineups and all that, you know, my, there, my, the first ride we went on, my, my, kids had a two hour lineup and uh, my, my oldest son looked at me and he just said, dad, I think we made a big mistake. <laughs> if your kid's telling you that about Disney, that's a sign. <laughs> Here's a question for you. I'm, I'm really fascinated to, to hear what you have to say about this. What's the one thing that you do that forces you to be in the moment while traveling and you touched on this earlier but what what's one thing that you do immediately to be like kev moment absorb it what is that one thing that you do that's a tough one as someone who is a i guess you'd say a professional traveler i admit that being in the moment can be a difficult thing because i spend a lot of my time when i'm in a place photographing, taking notes, doing video, talking to the camera and things like that. And it takes a special situation for me to really pull that back and, and, and let myself just be, because every time I'm, I let myself just be, I kind of feel like I'm not doing my job. So one of the greatest things that I love about traveling with my kids is that I have to be there with them. I take the, you know, when something special is there or something beautiful or interesting or fascinating or unique, then I always make sure that I take that time to show it to them so that we can enjoy it together because otherwise what's the point of being there? Right. Yeah. My partner does that to me uh, quite a bit. If she sees that my eyes are racing, like, oh, I got to get this, got to get that, shug it. She's like, whoa, <laughs> take a breath. <laughs> Everyone look, needs one of those. Look around, look around, yeah. right? Um, is there a place that you'd love to go to but are hesitant to travel with, um, with kids? Oh is there gosh, still, yeah, is there still so a many. place? Yeah. Yeah, there's so many. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm someone who would love to travel everywhere. I mean, a lot of people look at travel in terms of politics or things like that. I, I, I don't. I don't look at it like that. I, I really want to see everywhere. Um, but there are places that I want to take my, that I want to travel. I probably wouldn't even go myself right now because of political situations or, or, or whatever. You know, look at Venezuela and Somalia and 
you know, Afghanistan and things like that, incredibly beautiful countries with incredibly beautiful people. Uh, but even myself, I get into a situation where I'm like, is that the smart thing to do? Is that the safe thing to do? I might travel there myself, but taking your kids there is an entirely different situation and right. all places I hopefully will get to someday. Um, but you know, time will tell. That's right. Yeah. What's a piece of advice that your parents have given you that now you're finding that you're sharing with your kids? Sit down and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. Is that your final answer? <laughs> That's no, great. Um, you know, they eat your peas. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 parents were or are very big into um you know, social responsibility. So wherever we travel, that idea of social responsibility and are we conveying the right message about travel, whether we're dealing with indigenous people or whether we're um, traveling to places with unique cultures or, or traditions and things like that. Uh, everything that we do is based on how do we respect the people that we are going to visit and rather than expecting them to service us. So right, yeah. uh, I, I got that from them and I hopefully am passing the, the right message on to my kids. Guilty pleasure you pack for every trip. Ice cream. You pack ice cream? Oh, I pack? Yeah. Oh God, no. I would love I would, to see I how you pack ice could. cream. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you said that you have on every trip. No, no. Pack on pack, every trip. Pack, oh, yeah. gosh. I'd love to see how you can pack ice cream, though. That'd oh, man, so would I. I. Yeah. That would be the best. I'd get that past customers, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> oh, man, guilty pleasure that I pack on every trip. I'm a very minimalist packer because I carry a lot of camera equipment. So... Right. I don't have a lot of guilty pleasures that I like to pack, but we always pack good snacks. Right. Because right. it's always, we're constantly in places where you can't get access to food easily. And when you have kids, that's just like literally a recipe for the world's worst breakdown. Right. So yeah, we, and when we pack snacks, they're usually, it's usually good stuff. Like right. we don't pack the crap. It's, something that we're going to enjoy. Right. What life lesson has travel taught you? Not, not everyone thinks the same as me, but everyone thinks a baby farting is funny. <laughs> I didn't even hear it. And it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger travel pet peeve. People who try to store their oversized luggage in the overhead bin or airlines who let them bring them on board to begin with? Oh boy. Uh, yeah. You know what? I hate it when I see that kind of stuff and like you go in and I've got like my one little bag and I can't jam it in there. And I'm a tall guy. I'm like six foot three. So like leg room tends to be uh, a bit of a luxury for me when, when, when I travel and, and when I, when I have to jam my stuff under my own seat, because uh, because somebody else has like a full size luggage in the overhead, it just makes me want to go ballistic. Right. But 
I never thought about that. I mean, is it the airline's fault for letting them on in the first place? If it's if yours is oversized or too heavy, you're paying, right? Meanwhile, what are we doing here? Why are you moving your little bag for for an oversized bag that was even allowed in? Now you've just opened up a whole nother world of anger for me, and I, I don't know how to process this. I'm sorry to do that. That's the last <laughs> thing I wanted to do. You have enough on your plate. Chunky peanut butter or smooth, Kev? Oh, man, there's a situation for both. Uh, I used to hate chunky peanut butter as a kid, but as I've gotten older, I, I, I kind of enjoy that extra texture. Yeah. But it's a pain in the butt to, smooth, to spread out. Right. Favorite travel-themed movie? Favorite travel theme, theme movie. Oh my gosh. There's a lot. I actually wrote an article on, on like a whole bunch of like travel theme movies, but there was, uh, you know what? I, I have to go and say the secret life of Walter Mitty. Read my mind, man. Such a beautiful film. Oh, so good. Here's a, I love that movie, but I, I cried once um, watching the sisterhood of the traveling pants. I was coming back mm-hmm. from Greece. Yeah, and I wasn't crying because of the I wasn't crying because of the stupid pants. I was crying because I was leaving the country that that movie was filmed in, Uh, and I was heading back to my one bedroom apartment in Scarborough. I think everyone would cry, (laughs) right? Maybe it's just me. Uh, Last question: You're in the middle seat of a long haul flight. Who do you want sitting next to you on either end? Doe, living or dead? Both. I want Einstein on my left, and I'd want Genghis Khan on my right. Oh, what a combination! Yes, I think that would make for a fascinating conversation. Wow! Question, extra question, bonus marks. If you were falling asleep, which way would your head lean to fall? Like, would you fall on Genghis Khan's shoulder to sleep on, or Einstein's? I'd worry about hurting Einstein, and I have a feeling Genghis Khan would have some very nice broad shoulders for me to sleep on. <laughs> Good, sir. You're, you're a man of much wisdom, and I, I thank you so much for taking the time today to join me on the Fact Up podcast, the website, the social handles, all above us here. Connect with Kevin, Christine, and the kids. Uh, when COVID ends, uh, I hope to see you and uh, share a pint with you, my good friend, and, and all the best to you, and much health and happiness to you and your circle. Absolutely. I look forward to that. And thanks so much for having me on, Jim. Cheers, mate.